0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bytes. My name is Dominic Golly. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the podcast this week by Lisa Glatz, fellow consultant. Hey, Lisa. <laughs>
1: hey, Dom. Great to be
0: here. Great to have you on the podcast. First one. Yeah, first one. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Welcome. And I wanted you on the show this week, Lisa, to discuss what's kind of a a pretty common topic that comes up, you know, doing the kind of work we do and and especially in debriefs and stuff like that. And it can be a bit of a taboo topic at times, uh, which is conflict. And how do we deal with that, you know, particularly, you know, mainly we see it in the workspace, right? So how do we deal with conflict? and what can often come up is, you know, how do we leverage what we know about the circumplex in dealing with that conflict? So I'd love to pick your brain on that today. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Such a such a great topic.
0: And so uh, we were talking a bit before the podcast, and you said that this actually kind of came up recently in a discussion you had. So, you know, how, how did that appear, Lisa? Set the scene for us.
1: Yeah, so I, I feel that conflict pops up all the time and when you think about it it really is inevitable you know it's it's a normal part of you know our interaction as as human beings and it's it's really in every corner you know of of what we do it can appear you know at home with neighbors you know in a car parkers all different sort of like situations but it particularly happens regular in the workplace and so you know I was uh coaching um you know coaching people it's, it's a topic that comes up on a regular basis and so the the key is to be able to have some strategies on you know how to deal with it when it comes
0: you know it's, it's interesting you say that lisa because conflict is uh, a normal thing and actually the lack of conflict if we've got zero uh, probably means we're over in passive land or something Yeah, you know like because Either we're incredibly in lockstep and just see things the same way and wow, that's amazing, but that's probably not realistic, right? Probably unrealistic. You know, yeah, probably unrealistic. So it means if there's kind of this harmony, then maybe it's just going underground. Yeah. And we don't want that. But on the flip side, we also don't want out and out war, you know, kind of destructive conflict. That's not so useful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, understanding, you know, like how conflict affects us is absolutely determined by, you know, both um, circumstances, how we respond, and also also how we cope. So to your point, definitely, it could be a, a, a passive um, defensive way or aggressive defensive, the or we of, can show it constructively.
0: Yes, yeah, there's a third way, right? So it's fight, flight, or, you know, constructively differ <laughs> approach, I guess. Exactly. And so uh, I guess what's interesting, in, in those debriefs, You know, how do you bring in the circumplex? And I guess there's a couple of parts of that, right? It's our own circumplex, so how I kind of view and approach the conflict, as well as what's going on for the other person. So how do you bring that into the you know, or how can we use that for our thinking to frame our thinking around conflict, Lisa?
1: Well, if you think about like a you know, conflict situation that has occurred, what we tend to go is the behavior that we're experiencing from another person is we tend to focus on the person rather than um, getting curious about the behavior that we're Uh experiencing. And that can be, if we think about that, the the model S plus T equals R, you know, the the stimulus, yeah, the situation, right? And because of that conflict situation, what's thinking, the T, what are we telling ourselves about this? And then the R, the response. How are we responding in that moment? And so the conflict, to your point before, is you know it can take us straight away into fight, flight, freeze. Uh And for us to be able to think about, okay, so what are we noticing? And what we tend to do is we tend to just blame it on, oh, that person's this way, that way. You know, they're they're difficult to work with. Blah blah blah. But what what that actually does, it just heightens the the stimulus. It stacks the stimulus that becomes stronger, but it also keeps us stuck. So we need it, we need a way to be able to go, okay, how do we hijack that sort of that thinking? And this is where the circumplex can become really powerful because it helps us say, okay, based on that conflict situation scenario, where did I perceive that person to be coming from? What defensive style was coming out? Mm. And so you know, let's just say. You pick power, identifying that the person was really, you know, dominant, and um, trying to really control their agenda, their objective, whatever it whatever they were wanting to be able to achieve in that interaction. And so just by being able to name the perceived um, style on the circumplex, neurobiologically it starts to dissolve that trigger and mm. the, the, the stimulus. Hmm. And that becomes a really important part because, as you start to name the behaviour, you are not only dissolving that trigger, but you're also building empathy for the person that was in front
0: of you. So, why is it dissolving the trigger, Lisa? Like, why does that help us if we can kind of name it? You know, this person's coming from power or oppositional or whatever it might be. How does that start dissolving it?
1: Because you you take it away from it being personal about a person, and instead. It's being able to recognize the behavior that you're observing. Mm. And that way it just stops that, that trigger from going further and from, from it developing. It stops making it personal to a person and it starts to empower you as the person that's experiencing conflict. So being able to name something, being able to name an experience actually becomes a really important part of getting back into flow rather mm. than being in flight, fight, flight,
0: freeze. Mm. So it's kind of understanding So what's where are they coming from, from a behavior point of view. Is it then, you know, what we know about the circumplex is kind of thinking about, well, what's driving that behavior maybe for them, you know, and getting curious about that. Is that kind of where you go?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's about, you know, really not trying to judge the person, instead understand the behavior. Learn to understand. So mm. if you think about any defensive style, whenever we go to a defensive style, it's just, it's a learned behavior and it's a coping mechanism. Mm. So that person is being, you know, showing up in that way as a way to cope about the situation. So that could be a, a very stressful situation for that person that was showing up in that style. And so being able to name that behavior. It also takes it away from a, from judging the person instead, just getting curious about the behavior as well. And I think there's a couple of things that really go with this that, that work really well. When we experience conflict after the situation, no matter how we responded during that conflict, if we froze and said nothing, if we matched that behavior, so power with power you know, whatever, or we showed up constructively, mm-hmm. but it still impacted us in terms of what we experienced. Mm-hmm. One of the default ways for us to, I suppose, like vent from that situation is go and call a colleague. <laughs> you know, if we see a colleague um, or s- someone calls us or we call them and we say, oh my God, you know, you wouldn't believe what's just, what's just happened. This is where you can get into, uh, you know, it, it, you can really start to stack the trigger, the stimulus even more because as you're telling that story, that story is getting more power. It's getting more energy. And if you go to a person who is, you know, great, a great person and yet that person's going, listening to your story and then going, Oh my God, they did the same to me, you know, right. and this happened and that happened. It then starts to again strengthen the trigger. And so I think it's also really important to be able to think about and be intentional. If you need to choose, if you need to speak to someone, really think about who you talk, who you share that experience with. And so the great example of this, right, is Brené Brown, you know, she calls it your post-it people. So taking the size of your, of a post-it, you know, and being able to put like two or three names on there max, these people, these post-it people, they keep you blue in a real way. So what that looks like is, just had the conflict situation. You call someone and you say, God, I just had a really difficult interaction. And their response is, tell me about it. So you tell your story. They don't feel it. They don't add to it. They don't share their experience. They just go, sounds really hard. How can I help? Mm. And just by listening and just by saying that sounds really hard, that sounds pretty tough. What did you do? How do you feel? These really short questions, again, dissolve the trigger, help dissolve the trigger, because you're not fueling the situation. And just being able to say, what are you going to do, you know, keeps that person looking at this situation in a constructive way.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's interesting, the posted people. I I like that terminology. You got to probably think carefully about who those people are. So it's not the ones who might want to pour fuel on the fire, as tempting as it is in those moments to go to those people. You know, because that's kind of the fun, isn't it? Let's all yeah. get on the bandwagon.
1: It totally it. is, done, because when you've been triggered, right, and and it is so delicious to be able to talk about, you know, oh, my God, this just happened. It's a natural sort of like reaction, but it really keeps you stuck in the situation.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help, you know. So those so people would inform what you're saying, taking more of a coaching approach, you know, so asking good questions rather than giving their view kind of thing. Interesting for us, you know. I'm just thinking on the flip side, if you're one of someone else's posted people's, you know, they come to you, just how to deal with that. So, not pouring kind of gas on the fire, but really asking those questions, you know, and, and getting them to think for themselves about what they want to do, how to deal yeah, with Yeah, don't try
1: and fix it, right? It's not about trying to fix it, it's just listening. Mm. Listening is just an, a really great way to help someone who has just experienced conflict.
0: That's it. Hey, Lisa, I want to jump back a little. You know, we're talking about the circumplex and and understanding where the other person was coming from. You know, it's interesting you talked about S plus T equals R, so the situation plus thinking equals response or reaction, maybe if the S and the T are super close together. And that's what conflict can kind of do. It's a giant capital S, you know, like this person's coming at me and it can feel like our thinking, our T is squashed right up against it, maybe even under it. You know, because wow, the situation's really big and overwhelming, you know? It's coming at us. And it sounds like what you're saying by trying to understand where people what's going on for them, it's getting a bit of that space back between the stimulus or the situation and our thinking. You know, so giving ourselves a bit more time, like, hold on, you know, before I just jump to a reaction, what's going on? Like why are they getting so upset and behaving in that way right now? What might be going on for them? Is that kind of the idea? It helps us to detach a little maybe?
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's so important that we give ourselves that space because for most of us, right, we can't, when we're experiencing conflict, it is very difficult, if not close to impossible to respond, you know, constructively. We've got to really be intentional with that and we've got to really uh, keep building that muscle. And so if that muscle isn't there in that situation yet, then- the best thing to be able to do for ourselves and for others is to be able to give ourselves some space. So, it, you know, in that, once that situation is is over, get some time to introspect, to be able to really
0: reflect on what just happened. Mm. Uh, yeah, so afterwards, so, so for next time as well. I'm wondering as well, I, I heard, you know, I, I guess one thing I'm wondering is, so say someone's coming from power. Lisa so so we recognize that and that maybe gives us some time to to think and reflect but they're still coming at us you know like and that can still be intense so well, kind of what's next I suppose you know what's next so I recognize where they're coming from and power is about a net they feel like they need to control mm-hmm. stuff and kind of dominate and and maybe that comes from all sorts of things that have happened before and the, it's a coping mechanism for them but what do I do with that information now that I know that or I've recognized that?
1: Yeah. So it's looking at where does it sit on the circumplex What's what's opposite?
0: Mm. So opposite is affiliative.
1: Right. So opposite is affiliative. And if we think about affiliative, it's about relationships. It's about trust um, connection. And so right now, I wonder if that person's not feeling any of that. And so I wonder like what part you could bring to that conversation that shows that trust mm. and create connection. So being able to think about, okay, so when you meet with that person next and ideally make it sooner rather than later, rather than go into avoidance, mm, <laughs> you know, mm. and, or not give it the time to think about how, what, what is your plan of how to best approach this person and, It becomes very important to be able to make that first step by, you know, meeting with that, with that person and being able to then, you know, just candidly talk about the, the situation, but looking at it from their perspective first. So being able to give that trust and that focus and build that rapport, which is what affiliative is about. So necessarily rather than going, focusing on the, on the problem and the scenario, looking at it a way of how to start to build rapport with that person hmm. because if the conflict is between people, you know, the chances are that there is not much of a relationship there, there is not much rapport there, uh-huh. and there's also, and then if, the, if those aren't there, then the trust is is not evident. So being able to think about, okay, so what, what are some of the ways that you could create that? Um, what have you done in the past? How you can bring that into it? Would be, you know, some first steps to think about.
0: And it's interesting. I think, you know, back on the, you know, name it to tame it type stuff, Lisa. You know, in those situations, I think can be useful if not so, because they're obviously worked up. You know, like they're they're getting upset. They they, triggered their secure, need for security. Right? They're down in that bottom half of the the circumplex. Is to kind of name that. You know, so so hear them out. You know, so so I guess to expect it hear them out and accept that that's their point of view and that's how they feel you know it doesn't mean we have to agree with that but accept that that's what's going on for them and then it's to almost play it back to them you know i've seen that work well where it's like okay it feels like you know you're upset or you're you're anxious about you know the decision we're making on this project because you know we're not sure how it's going to turn out or something like that you know whatever it is But kind of name that feeling and so that's where I guess it plays in with the, you know, recognizing if it's coming from power or wherever it's coming from, you know, and and then kind of what they're saying, you know, because I think sometimes in conflict, it can feel like the other person's not actually hearing us. So, you know, so I'm trying to name how you feel and what you're saying, you know, is Mm. that correct? And that can kind of take the, you know, the sting out of the tail, you know, a bit because it's like, yes, that is what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Yes. Yeah. And then they actually can be more ready to hear a, a different viewpoint or something like that, you know, if we kind of make sure that they know that they've been heard and we've we've received it, you know, now we're. The challenge of that, of course, is it's really hard to self-manage yourself because I know for me, Lisa, like if someone comes to me with power, like, boom, we're doing it my way, you know, get out of the way. Oh, I'm so tempted to like return surf, you know, like, well, guess what? <laughs> You know, I've got a view, and we're doing it my way. So, how how do you manage yourself? You know, in that moment that you're not just returning the surf. You know, because it's so tempting, isn't it?
1: It's really tempting, and it takes a lot of intentional work to really notice within self that you're triggered. What does that feel like? And that visceral feeling, that experience, and what can you do? And I suppose like some of the the tricks is just to make sure that, you know, check your posture (laughs) and breathe. Uh, And just by doing those things for yourself, because you're not talking, I'm not responding. It's good for you and it's good for them. They'll feel like you're listening to them and you're just being able to sort of like center yourself uh, with that. And just, just being able to notice You know, for some people, once they start to center themselves and their breath goes from being really shallow to having a good quality, you know, breathing in and out and their, and their posture feels um, strong. Again, neurobiologically, that can be really brilliant for the nervous system Mm. as it starts to calm down and, and you get centered and leverage yourself, actualize. So being able to, you know, use that could be more than enough in that situation. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to respond in that situation. For some people, they can. For some people, they've just it's too much.
0: Uh, and so, in that case, is it to like, hey, let's take you know, ten or however long, <laughs> and revisit it? Like, what's the what's the go to then?
1: Yeah, definitely being able to to you know to call it out to say, look, this is looking like it's a bigger topic that I think we'll both benefit from pausing right now and reconnecting tomorrow. Mm. With the commitment that we'll both get heard, my recommendation would be let's pause right now, reconnect tomorrow, and for us to both come to the meeting tomorrow with a really, an even clearer understanding of what we think the issue is and what we think the solution could be and let's work together on getting the best outcome.
0: Mm. And you know what I reckon the best part about that is, Lisa? What? It's kind of annoying when you're the person who's all worked up and someone else is really calm and like, let's revisit it. You know? And then, you know, and you're like, damn it, they're right. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't like definitely. it because, you know, when you're in that mood, um, you want someone to fight back, Yeah, you know, or to lay down, I suppose. But like, you know, maybe you want someone to lay down, but if they're not going to do that, you want them to fight back because you're worked up and that kind of uh, justifies you being worked up and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes it takes the wind out of your sails a bit when someone's like okay let's just understand what's going on here or let's just take five you know yeah. and you're like oh it's like you know fighting against you know shadows or something you kind of wear yeah. yourself out <laughs> Yeah It's like the judo move you know Yeah, use, use their own momentum against them
1: And you know what like I think as well like if you can in the moment what can be very powerful in the in the moment and supportive to the other person and to yourself is being able to validate where they're coming from, but in a constructive way. So what mm. would that sound like? It could mm. sound something along the lines of, I can tell you really care. Mm. I can see that this is really important to you. And it's important to me. So you're actually, you're leveraging your communication and creating connection with it. Mm. And that person feels validated because one of the most annoying things in, in conflict is when you're triggered and you're stepping into, you know, power, oppositional, whichever one it is. It's really, at the core of it, it's like wanting to be heard and understood uh-huh. rather than taking offense to how I'm saying it. Uh-huh. So my the recommendation would be, as hard as it is, don't take offense in terms of how that person's saying. That doesn't mean to say that you need to you know, be like the, the punch bag for anything like that. I'm not saying that. Instead, it's just more of leveraging the conversation to be able to help them dissolve that trigger and you can do that through validation mm. and it will start to create connectedness like i get it i get the fact that this is important to you and i get the fact that this is this situation is really frustrating and this is why you and i need to take some time out to think about okay what is the problem here and how we're going to go forward we already think we know that today right now but right now is probably not going to be the best time to keep this conversation going
0: mm. You know, and great questions in there, you know, help me to understand or something, you know, I, I don't right. understand where you're coming from, which is back to that feeling heard and understood. And I love your point there about, you know, oppositional power. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer, Lisa, that no one gets out of bed in the morning thinking, I want to be a real pain in someone's backside. And that's not what motivates them. You know, someone, you know, we've been using power as our example. It's like, I want to make sure it's done right. You know, like that might be the thought underneath. Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting things to be right, you know, wanting a good outcome. That's all good. So the intent, you know, or the the motivation might not be so bad, but how does it come out? You know, how has it been translated into behavior is maybe not so useful. But underneath, they want a good outcome. You know, I want to make sure we don't get this wrong. I want to make sure things are done correctly. You know, whatever it is, that's fine. So let's hold on to that part, like, but come at it you know, help them to maybe come at it in, in a new way. Right? Yeah,
1: totally. And, and what you're describing there is just that all the characteristics and essence of humanistic encouraging, mm. being able to, you know, it's one of the, the hardest ways to lead um, is because is having that belief in the person in front of you. Even if <laughs> there's that huge conflict and that massive S that you talked about before, you know, is there. And really leveraging your humorous encouraging to say exactly to that point of, you know, they didn't, this person isn't intentionally showing up like this, that's, but they didn't get out of bed and go, right, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this today. And, you know, so thinking about how you could leverage your humanistic encouraging in these situations, because I really believe like understanding um conflict, you know, it can really lead us to a lot more creative and productive ways of connecting, of relating, and really strengthening our relationships. And the key, the opportunity that we've all got is to be able to have really robust and important conversations that need to be had, the elephant in the room conversations, Mm. and yet done in a really respectful way. I think that's the art of being able to bring something like that into um into
0: conflict. I love that, Lisa. Probably a great note to close on. You know, my my takeaways from what what you've been saying, you know, conflict is normal. You know, expect it. It's a good thing, but it's about how we do it. You know, that's kind of the the key to it. And I like you know, you you kind of pointed people back to personal responsibility. What's our part in it? What can we do rather than just kind of pointing the finger at the other person and saying it's all on them? Well, what can we do in the situation? You know, even if we feel like they're the one bringing the heat, you know, how do we cool it down or something, you know? Yeah. So how do we do that? Not getting, so creating some space for ourselves is sort of what I heard. And so that's either kind of literally, you know, maybe I come back in 10 minutes or, you know, in the in the meeting, you know, breathing, taking the time, detaching slightly, understanding where they're coming from, you know, it mm-hmm. helps us get that tea up. I kind of skipped over, but I really like the post-it people idea. You know, who you go to and who do, do they actually support you with good questions rather than just kind of piling on, you know, and our assessment of this person or something, but they actually help you kind of work through it instead. That's a good idea. I'm going to get my post-it people together. And think <laughs> about who they are. Yeah. And otherwise, just to help us reserve judgment and stuff, right? It's going to help us not get sucked in and sucked down the circumplex but rather how do we hold ourselves in that humanistic encouraging space even when it can be challenging right that oh. s can be big awesome thanks so much lisa that was uh, oh, really great, interesting thanks, for Tom. me i've been taking notes on my notepad so <laughs> i might <laughs> steal some of the things you've uh, shared today <laughs> and use them myself oh thanks so
1: much Don. great hanging out
0: with you awesome i'll see you on another episode all right look forward to it take care all right bye bye